name is Colton Cockle. I am a certified financial fiduciary and independent financial advisor with Share McKinley Group. Welcome to Bridge the Gap, where we're connecting business perspectives. I am here virtually, like always, well, not like always, because typically we're sitting down in a room together, but we are virtual today, so I have Trisha Stetzel with me. Trisha, what is going on? Hey, Colton. So I am actually on your left on the Zoom window. How cool is that? Well, you're, oh, you no, well, you're on my right. I'm on am my, I? Am yeah. I? Yeah. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Trisha Stutzel, and I'm the owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions. And here on Bridge the Gap, our purpose is Colton and I interview local business professionals and industry experts. Our goal is to bridge the generational gender, and life experience gap in business through our own unique styles of gathering information from our guests. And that is spot on, Trisha. And I want to go ahead and um, thank our sponsors for making this happen. Uh, so really the one and only Jim Butcher, who is a relationships banker with Allegiance Bank. So thank you, Jimmy. Now, Trisha, we have a very special guest today, a lovely guest who I've had the privilege of having a few uh, uh, chats with over coffee. She's great. She's wonderful. And so go ahead and introduce our special guest today. I would love to do that. She is a very special friend of mine as well, uh, as well, and as well as a networking partner. So Miss Erin Callahan, who owns her own law firm, Erin C. Callahan Law Firm. Am I getting it right? So I'm totally getting it right. It's okay. So close. It's We're so, so excited to have you with us today, Erin. Not only um, do you do great work, but you're also a great friend and you take care of a lot of people that Colton and I know, and we're really excited to have you on the show today. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and a special thank you to Jim Butcher as well. Um, so my name is Erin and I'm a local attorney and the name of my law firm is the law office of Erin C. Callahan, PLLC. I was oh, so close. That's right. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the full disclosure, that was planned. Trisha knew the name. She was just trying to give extra credibility to Erin. what she told me. Good job, Trisha. Hey, you're welcome. Whatever I can do. Dynamic. <laughs> so Aaron, tell us, what are we going to be asking you questions about today? So I definitely wanted to talk to you guys about digital estate planning. I think it's so important and a topic that's often left behind and can create havoc in an estate plan if it's not addressed. So did you say digital estate planning? I did. Like what in the world is that? For people who are listening today... I know that they've already like done a second take. They had to rewind it to listen to it because digital estate planning, that's a thing. So talk to us about that. Like, what does it mean to have a digital estate? Yeah. So a couple of things. So when I do this talk in person, the first thing I ask is to the audience, do you have a Facebook account? So if the answer is yes, you have an estate plan. So it is all of your accounts that are online. It's the management of those accounts if you become disabled or if you pass away. And it's also just as well as digital assets. So that could be something from Bitcoin. It could be some type of digital property that you own in a video game. It can be as complicated as we want it to be. Man, that's, <laughs> that's pretty specific. So, so tell me then, how, how does it work? So um, I'm assuming you have to sign up for some kind of... Um, password account or something like that? Or, or how does it, yeah, how does it typically work? 
Yeah, so that's one of the number one tips that we give our clients and really try to just get out there in the community in general is it's critical to have a password manager. Um, so we so we personally use one password. Um, I don't make any money off that or have any relationship with them, but we do recommend them or we re recommend Keeper as well. I think both of those are well or, you know, good products. One of the keys is you want to make sure that they have some type of emergency kit or some type of way that you can transfer all of your accounts over to someone if, they, if you're disabled or if you pass away. And so how does that work? So from a, so for example, I mean, I never even thought about a digital estate. I have keepers just <laughs> because I have so many passwords and stuff I have to keep track of. Right. But I never even thought of this is a great way to, if something would happen to me to make sure someone has access. So how would that work? So if, how does, how does someone get my password or, or how, I mean, I'm just curious because I don't want people to have my passwords now while I'm still kicking. Yeah. So there's different ways, you know, different companies handle it different ways. So one of the things that you can do with the emergency um, kit is there's a, a process that you go through. So you don't give somebody your password right now. You go through this process and you nominate or elect somebody. Every company is different on what that process looks like. And then you put that emergency kit along with all your other essential estate planning um, documents. So I know some attorneys do tell people to keep it in a safety deposit box. Um, that's not necessarily my best advice. Um, if you do want to do that, I suggest you giving the safety deposit key to somebody while you're still alive. Otherwise, a safe in the home, someplace secure where you can put all of your documents in that are going to be protected against fire. And, you know, being in the Bay Area, we also need to protect against floods. So whatever you do, you want to put it up high. You don't want to put it on the floor in your house or your apartment or wherever you live. So when you talk about 1Password, um, and we should probably spell that out for people, right? It's the number one, mm -hmm. P-A-S-S-W-R-D is the tool. Uh, I heard you speak about it before, and I actually downloaded it. It's a very simple tool to use. So Colton, I think you said you use Keeper? I do, K-E-E-P-E-R. Okay. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Lovely. <laughs> I knew you wanted to get yours in there. Yes. They're both great products. And they're very simple to use. And it, it does, I know with 1Password, it even gives you um, <clears throat> a place to just push a button to print out the form that you need, right? With uh, to, that, that it's all secure and how you share it and you buy it for your whole family. So it's a pretty cool tool. So talk to me about Peace of Mind Planner. Like, what is that? Yeah, so, you know, life is complicated. Um, I suggest to my clients, and I've spoken public before too, to the community about making this peace of mind planner. So it can be something that you create on your own. Maybe you just get a file folder and you put all your critical documents in this file folder and you have everything from your password, um, uh, from one password, who you're gonna, um, what your, who your emergency kit is gonna go to. And then also you might have something, you know, you're gonna have your financial planner's information in there. You're gonna have your attorney's information in there, your insurance agent. You're gonna have who you pre-planned your funeral with. You know, what you want, you can even go as detailed as what you want in your funeral. We do have a legal document that does that. So you can do it with an attorney or you can do it by yourself. Um, Amazon also has a planner, literally called Peace of Mind Planner. Um, it's 12 or 13 
$15. I definitely have given that to some of my um, clients that really want it on paper. You know, the hard part with that is that you have to keep it in a secure place. So that kind of goes back. Are you going to put it in the safety deposit box, which you need to make sure somebody has a key, or are you going to put it safe in your home or some other secure location because it's going to have personal and confidential information in there. Um, the other way to do it is digitally uh, with protecting, you know, have some type of master password, which is why the one keeper and one password and keeper are critical because you can do it through that where it's just, you know, it could be as simple as a word document or it can be as complicated as you want it to be. But it's some place that you've pulled everything together and it's there for your family and accessible to your family. You know, one of the hardest things that we deal with estate planners is once somebody passes away, working with the family to gather everything. And it can take a long time to piece all of this together. But if you do this for your family, they can focus on grieving instead of focusing on trying to figure out where dad's, you know, bank account was. Well, you know, where's the insurance and what are all these automated payments for and what do they go to? Um, and it can save lawyers, uh, lawyer fees as well, because those are kind of the things that that can complicate the probate process if we're having to find missing pieces of information in accounts. Man, so we have an attorney on here talking about saving attorney fees. I love it. Wow. <laughs> what a big heart you have, Aaron. So let me ask you this, um, just from a, because again, we're all about talking about different uh, generations here, generations. Um, so I'm a millennial, right? I No way. No I way. Am, believe it or not, I am. Technically, I am too by one year. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. I thought you were younger than me. Generation X versus millennial, I'm not quite sure. Some depends on who you ask. Millennials will win all day long. Okay. So with millennials, you know, we we are blown and going. We don't have time to stop and put stuff together. I I took the time and I did it. Um, and I'm continuing to build it as I, you know, log on to new sites, whatever. I'm constantly saving passwords. But tell me, what is the importance of just taking that time and putting everything together or even just starting it? Um, or in, and that's the second question. How do you get started? Well, what would you suggest people do um, that, again, are like, oh, I don't have the time to do it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the age old question, right? Like value and time, what's more important? And so I think you have to look at it for each individual person. And it's probably going to be a different answer for a different person. Um, one of the key things I'll tell you right off the bat is how many times before you had Keeper, did you forget your password? This is not a legal reason that you had to take the time to go back and reset your password and then call customer service. And now you spent 25 minutes on this password issue. You know, that's going to be alleviated from your, from your life. I mean, very rarely does that happen to me now because everything is secured in one password and I don't have to, I just have to remember one password. That's it, you know? And so I think for other people, obviously who might not be as technologically savvy, um, it is going to take a little bit more time on the front end, but it's just like automation, everything that we do in our life. We spend more time now to save time, you know, later on. I don't know that there's necessarily, um, a legal reason versus common sense reasons. Um, the only thing is it can help you save legal fees in the future. If you are, you know, if a lawyer is trying to piece together all this stuff, it's going to take a lot more time and a lot more money. And with, I mean, I don't know about one password, but with keeper, uh, because a lot of people just have it saved on their computer, right? Like they, in their iCloud chain or whatever, it just automatically logs you in. Well, if you have the, the attachment to Chrome or whatever you use, then you'll actually try to remember it. Uh-huh. Uh, It'll ask you, hey, do you want to remember this for keepers, which is great because you can just slowly build your, your, I guess, your digital estate or not your digital estate, but build your passwords in keepers or one password. 
Um, and that's definitely helpful. Well, and the thing too with that is, I mean, I don't know what your experience was for you guys, but I had over a hundred accounts when I, and I didn't think I had that many, you know, I'm just a, an average person. And so if you look at all the different families that we have, the average family has over a hundred accounts. By the time you count everything from all your social media accounts, all your banking, your TXU, all your utilities, it adds up really, really fast. And so with, um, with Keeper, one of the things that I liked is that you, with Keeper and One Password, it will automatically upload those for you in the beginning. Now, does it catch 100%? No, it doesn't. But it catches about 90, and that's 90 accounts. You don't have to enter somewhere. So what I hear you saying, Aaron, is if you're doing any banking online, you mm -hmm. really should uh, have a plan in place for if you become disabled or you pass because all of that is secure to the person, right? And not just anybody can go in there and open it up. Is that what you're saying? So yes. that's, that's where the lawyer comes in, right? Because you can't get in and figure out where the money is going because you can't get logged into their bank account, basically. Yeah, that's, I, I, when you, when I hear you say that, it becomes so real, right? That if something were to happen to me, I do all of the banking, who would take that over? Right? right. Nobody could get in. Nobody has that information. Right. Unless you unless you share it, which uh, comes to the next question that I have for you. you talked a little bit about social media. And I mm -hmm. think there's something out there uh, called a legacy contact uh, in Google or with social media. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So you want to make sure that you have a legacy contact on your social media accounts. So on different accounts, it can be called slightly different things, but it's the same concept. We all have, you know, these accounts, but what happens to those accounts when you pass away? Um, so each social media has, you know, has a different rule. And so, for example, in Facebook, you need to decide if you want someone to serve as your legacy contact, and you can only have one in Facebook. Um, and do you want, or do you want to delete your account? And that's a hard decision for some people. And you might think, oh, this is just a minor issue, social media, but it is something worth thinking about. You know, these day and age, everything that we do is online and a big part of our lives are filled with our online families and online communities. And so they really bridge the gap for us. And that was not planned. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, I was just gonna, I was gonna make a, you know, a snarky comment about us old people, uh, you know, people that are not millennials. I see you pointing at me on Zoom, Colton. Uh, <laughs> we have, we not only have the, the digital estate that we're trying to keep up with, but we do, we have this peace of mind planner, right? This folder that is not digital that we have locked away somewhere, right? Where Colton may not have something like that, right? He gave up paper a long time ago. Me too, oh, Colton. Okay. I'm so Never trying. use paper. <laughs> well, well, I paper money. No, I'm I'm all about that. But yes, <laughs> stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, you know. No. Well, let me ask this last last question here before we get into um, our just off the top of my head question. So you really talked about the importance of a digital estate. So you know, whenever you talk to attorneys, typically you don't hear about your digital estate. How important is it when you're going through the estate planning process, whether you're doing it by yourself or with an attorney, how important is it to bring up um, the idea of, you know, your digital estate? Oh, I mean, level 10 on a, on a scale of one to 10, it's critical. And it's not so much, it's not always a legal matter. Sometimes it is. 
you know, especially in those situations where we talked about you having some type of digital um, currency, some type of digital property through video games, or even as simple as having, maybe you are an author or, um, you know, wanting to become an author, you um, have authored a book and you have password protected it. We, there's a real life scenario where this has gone on where the family cannot unlock this. And it's the last book that an author wrote and it's just, it's gone. Um, unless they figure out it's been years now. So um, they still haven't been able to figure out what that password is and that's lost forever. And so these day and age is just critical. And it's the little things, um, you know, for example, there in video games, there's, there's virtual property being sold and bought in some of the different games. And I mean, some of them are worth, um, a lot. Of, I'm not going to give a number. Um, they're continuing to, to increase in price, but let's just say they can be in the millions. Okay. So let me, I, I'm sorry. I just got to ask this. So what is the craziest thing that you've, you've experienced when it comes to putting it in your digital estate? Video game? like probably well, So, you know, the average family doesn't necessarily have digital property. You know, they're not working. I think probably Bitcoin is the most realistic conversation that we have to have. And it's kind of similar. I mean, it's a digital currency. So you just have to figure out a plan of who's going to be able to access that and where it is and how to get it out and, you know, kind of go through that process with them. So I personally haven't had any of these, you know, off the wall, crazy digital property, but they sure have come up in litigation, which is kind of interesting to, to kind of see that that's where I learned about them myself. I didn't know that uh, video games had some of these digital um, properties that you could buy just, you know, virtually and that's, that there was actual value to them. <laughs> that's really interesting. Wow. Um, so let me ask you just totally random yet answer quickly. One or the other, would you rather vacation to California or to Florida during quarantine? Oh gosh. Uh, I think I saw Florida had less than 1% increase. So I'm going to go with Florida. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> good, what good. you can't see is Aaron's face. Aaron's face <laughs> is like, I don't know if I want to go to either one of those please. I know. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I think we've had like 500 cases here in Galveston County. I, I want to stay here. <laughs> All right. So you already told us what generation you're in. Which yes. generation do you most identify with? Do you feel? Um, probably millennial. Um, I, I think you have to look at it depending. <laughs> I think <laughs> um, definitely millennial, but the difference is I'm an older millennial. So I didn't rate, I wasn't raised with like cell phones and things, the digital tech part that, um, you know, a lot of the later millennials were, so. Sure. All right. So in closing, Aaron, will you, uh, again, tell us how, or tell us the name of your business and also tell our listeners how they may get in touch with you if they have questions or, um, have any follow-up, want any follow-up information from you? Yeah, absolutely. So the name of my business is the Law Office of Aaron C. Callahan, and we are over off of NASA Parkway. And my website is E. Callahan, so that's E-C-A-L-L-A-H-A-N.com. And our phone number is 281-766-0976. And my email is Aaron at eCallahan.com. And thanks for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. Of course. And, I mean, Besides thanking you for being here, I also want to thank Jim Butcher one more time, who again is a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. 
And if there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. We'd love for you to subscribe and share this podcast. All right, now I need to give my disclosure, but before I do, real quick, um, Aaron, last question. What is your uh, 1Password password? password? Uh-huh. Nice try, Colton. <laughs> uh, right. Right. Yeah. Nice uh, try, friend. Hey, <laughs> 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 <Stay> forever. Uh, <laughs> All right, so ending disclosure, here we go. My name is Colton Cockrell, and I'm with Sherman McKinley Group, LLC. We are located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., member of FINRA Pacific. Sherman McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Boom. And this concludes this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives.